Blog Talk Radio. And then we get into this discussion. Uh, 
And oh, by the way, as always, please, if you'd like to comment or share or something goes on with your Internet connection, you can also listen live at 515-605-9375. And if you want to, you can press the number 1 anytime you're on the phone line, and that will raise a flag to me and give me a notification that you want to speak and I'll get you on into this show, and your voice will be heard just as mine is for all those people in the Blog Talk Radio, Blog Talk USA station, as well as here on Facebook Live. Now, the definition for our topic today it relates to Google, and the dictionary is an inner sanctum, is a private or secret place to which few other people are admitted. Now, here is my take on Shangri-La. I mean, excuse me, I gave up the secret, because I'm going to talk about that next, too. Uh, on inner sanctum, many of us have busy lives that include other people almost all the time. From where we do business to where we lay our heads for rest, there is often someone else there. Our lives are inundated with other people's issues and even their responsibilities. Whether you're single, married, or in between, have children, raise children, or take care of someone else's kids, wealthy, poor, or comfortably paid, work, unemployed, or own a business, there are others around you. What do you do for an inner sanctum? Is it the bathroom, a closet? a designated room, an outdoor space, an office, or even a vehicle. Whatever it is or isn't, you would be better off with at least one inner sanctum. There is a calm and a rejuvenation when you have moments alone. Having a place of peace is imperative to continue being the best we can be. Our abilities and capabilities need personal time and space to grow. That is my take on inner sanctum. I was born an only child. My parents did have a daughter 10 years prior to my birth, and her name was Shawnetta D. Johnson. She did not survive the birth, um, and I, I still I, I cringe at the thought of losing a child, and I can't even fathom how my parents, must have felt uh, when having to deal with the loss of a child, especially one at birth that you never even got to, you know, know uh, at all. Must have been tough. But yet here I am, an only child. My parents didn't have any more kids after me, and I, uh, I made it through. Because a lot of times when you're only a child, you get yourself beat for stuff that you didn't even do. But, you know, thanks be to God, we made it. I say that about being an only child because when I was a kid, I spent an extraordinary lot of time alone by myself. I cannot say it was all that bad, but I do remember wanting to have uh, someone around, whether it was a cousin or a neighbor uh, to spend time with um, from time to time. Uh, the 
flip side is because I spent so much time alone, I became very curious, inquisitive, exploratory. Uh, I thought things out. I wanted to learn how things work, so I took a lot of things apart. Some, some of the things I got back together, some of the things I was wondering where these other three screws belonged to. Um, I remember a lot of fixation. I had a lot of fixation on fire. I liked to see things burn when I was young. Yeah, I set the house, well, the carpet on fire, set the grass on fire outside of the house. And I remember I was with a neighbor when he actually set a fire and let, it, let the whole back neighbor's yard on fire. Um, I just like to find things and do things. And I don't think I would have been able to be able to think those things through if I didn't spend that much time alone. Uh, there's something about an only child. People claim that we're uh, spoiled. But in essence, I like to think of it that you had to have more things uh, in your hands to deal with. Otherwise, you found ways to either create or destroy. And parents, for some reason, don't like you creating certain things, and they don't damn sure don't like you destroying things. So they put more things in your life because you're the only one. Uh, if you're blessed enough to have parents that, 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 that can sow into you uh, for materialistic things, and you begin to focus on those things. And it was great. It's great. Inner Sanctum for me started at a very young age. I can sit in a room full of people and yet feel alone. I know that seems odd. I know that I know I sound kooky sometimes, but I can literally sit in a place where people are talking and absolutely not hear a word they're saying. I could be having a conversation with somebody, and because of my focus internally, I can look right into their eyes, speak and talk with them, and block everybody else out. I, I had to think about it when we decided to have the topic today of inner sanctum, of how important it has been to spend the time that I have gotten to spend by myself, by myself. Now I have a family uh, that includes three children, and sometimes you got to block them out too. But I enjoy the fact that each of them can spend time to themselves. And I really don't get down on them when they want to do what they want to do by themselves because I know how self-exploration and exploration of self can impact a young person. And where it, the earlier you're able to just depend on yourself for things and be self-sufficient and reliable and sustain yourself, it makes it much easier as an adult when you find out that people who you thought were going to be supportive weren't because you're able to now navigate systems and structures by yourself. When I was, I was talking to a friend, uh, it must have been Tuesday, and we were talking about the bus. I can't remember who it was I was talking to. 
but we were talking about the bus, and I was telling them how, shoot, I uh, used to catch that number 10 red from East Moline to Rock Island. And I did that at a young age before I was 16, riding that bus by myself. And I, I want to ride the bus here. I just It's not a convenience to me. When I want to go somewhere, I want to go. I, I got vehicles now. I'm blessed. I sold one the other day because uh, I was beginning to feel like uh, uh, old Grady, old Fred G, because I was starting to have cars stacked up in the back. But praise be to God, I got one of them up out of there. And um, But navigating the bus was definitely a task, and I I navigated it by myself. When I was uh, even younger than that, preteen, I used to get into some mischievous or mischievous or mischievous behavior. And the fact that a lot of people looked at me as, I guess, uh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what their thing of me was. So, so many people had high uh, thoughts of me, and many people had low thoughts of me, and I kind of grouped them all in the same category. I don't really celebrate victories or milestones too much because I know more victories are coming, and I know that milestones were good for then, but they really relatively mean nothing now especially if you've had many more milestones since then. But if you relied on like a team, that would continue to be a big thing to you. But if you were just by yourself, it was like, okay, that was an accomplishment. I moved it. Let's move on. I would not have that frame of mind if I didn't know how to think for myself and then exclude a lot of things that are external influences from my my framework of thinking and come up with my own plan, and then I might weigh it out against other people's attempts and or even successes at completing that same goal. But if I had a mindset that I had to rely on brothers and sisters, cousins and aunts and uncles, and parents to do the thinking for me or think with them, I would be the type of person that would have to have people around me to feel whole. And let me tell you something. All that does is cause chaos. That's why I'm talking about inner sanctum, a peaceful place that not everyone is admitted to. It's in here. It's how you were created. Oh, Greg, you were born in Rockford? I got a lot of connections to Rockford. I come out of Rock Island, close to you. In You're in between us and Chicago, uh, where you were born, Greg. Good to hear people from my neck of the woods. Uh, I, hey, short frame, good to see you. That's my friend there. I would not be able to do the things I've been able to do as me. And and you aren't going to be able to maximize the things that you could do if you didn't or don't learn to be able to exist and and be supportive on your own. Now, that's not as to say you don't have to rely on anybody. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that it is good to be able to do the things that you need on your own. If your 
codependency, right, makes you have to be around other people to take care of other people, um, that's that's you. I get it. I, I understand that. And, hey, that's great because you will find other people constantly to either uh, attach yourself or allow them to attach themselves to you, and that's still the same thing either way. Um, you're going to find that. I've never have been one to look for that. I was born different. I was born into two parents who were completely independent. I saw them work in tandem, and I also saw them work uh, differential. I, but they, but it was always something, you know, even though they were moving in their own way, in their own circles, their own friends, some of them the same, they were still part of the same body. That was a great thing because I learned to be independent with my dad and how he did things and with my mom and how she did things. But this thing about inner inner peace and inner sanctum, it doesn't have to be just in the mind or the mindset. You can find a place. Some people call it a prayer closet. Some people call it all these other things. But it is a place. You may create it in a closet. You may create it in your vehicle. You may create it in an extra bedroom if you have one. You might create it if you live alone right in the living room. You create a place that it it fosters peace. I'm in the contemplation and beginning phases of creating my own place. And I've been discussing with my son. He said he didn't like me to call it man cave. And I said, well, you got to come up with a name. He said, no, you come up with a name, Daddy. I said, okay. Thinking about this show, I now know what I'm going to call the place, Shangri-La. Shangri-La, if I gave you the definition for it, is a fictional place. It was described in a 1933 novel called Lost Horizon by a British author named James Hilton. And Hilton described Shangri-La as a mystical, harmonious valley, gently guided from a lamissary. It was enclosed in the western end of the Kunlun Mountains. Shangri-La is not necessarily a fictional place. You can create whatever you think, but you have to have time to think. And if you think always around distractions, your your thoughts may get discombobulated. Yes, I can isolate myself in a crowd. Yes, I can block out things. But it's it's nothing like having a place where you don't have to exert any energy doing such. 
But rather you have the the olfactory essence going. You have the auditory essence going. You have the tactical or tactile essence going. And you some would say the occipital, but you don't even have to need your eyes for Shangri-La. And, and, and there's really no need for the lingua, the, the tongue, or the taste in a, in a Shangri-La. It is 20 minutes after 8. You spent 20 minutes with me. Again, if you'd like to speak or get involved in the Gumbo Talk Show by conversating with me as we talk about an inner sanctum, uh, Shangri-La, then you can call in at 515-605-9375. I want to wish everybody who is just now coming in a very, very happy New Year. And I appreciate you for tuning in with us. I see you, storyteller. Welcome to the show. So the Shangri-La that we create for ourselves, uh, some people who have all the monetary uh what do you call it, the monetary means at hand can can build one or create one just like that. It's not much to do. They often don't need one because they can afford to go to a Shangri-La place quite often to get that, that inner sanctum. They can afford it. But I would suggest you have your own place or even time period, right? I, I would also suggest that you invest in, if you can't afford these, um, I wish I could go grab it over there, but we have one of these little doohickeys that's kind of built like this, very, very peaceful. It almost looks like a drop, a droplet of water, and it it creates a cold steam, through a cool steam through water, and you put oils in the water, and the, the aromatherapy fills up the house. It's a beautiful thing. It's a little bit better than, did you hear that? We got these things, and it smells really good. Um, we like things to smell good here. There's something about the olfactory senses that are, are more uh, in implanting of a, a uh, reminiscence of good things and bad things than any other thing. Like you can see something that reminded you of a very tragic thing and it will hit you like boom. But when you smell, the smell was like I will never, I will never forget the smell of, I think it was white shoulders that my mom used to wear almost every morning when I was a child to go to work. And I know whenever I smell it, I haven't smelt it in years, but whenever I smell white shoulders, I think of my mom going to work. And I think of the independence and the regality of a woman when I smell white shoulders. When I smell Chanel number five, 
that is probably the most um, smell for me on a woman that drives me crazy because it just the, the, the composition of Chanel number five is to me the best uh, perfume de toilette that was ever created. When I think of the smells of gumbo, I, I think of my Aunt Bean. I think of South Louisiana. I think of I think of all the great things that Louisiana meant to to me personally. Every time I smell gumbo. Every every time I get a whiff of cinnamon or peppermint, I instantly begin to think of the lessons I learned in college. Because while I was in school, I remember and we're talking about just these things that create your your Shangri La, your inner sanctum. Let's just see what Greg said. Greg said, White shoulders, my tenth grade sweetheart wore that. Brings back great memories of coming of age. Yeah, for me too. Um uh, but, but, but I remember this is why this is why I, when I studied it, and I, and I went through the the curriculum that I did, the rigor I did for college, and then using it in my professional life, when I used that degree for sixteen years, I always had my office smell a certain way, because I wanted the clients that came into my office to have a certain certain memory, and it brought peace to them, and then I knew that if if they ever went off, I could bring that scent back to their memory, even though you can't, because of schizophrenia and other things going on in a person's brain, you can't attack it the same way as you do any other task because the brain is amazing. But that smell, and knowing that smell was attached to a freedom and a peace and a oneness and a wholeness and a balance, you hit, you hit them with it, and I, and I did that. They didn't even know it. Many people don't even know it to this day. But I learned that from a friend of mine. What was her name? Her 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 line name for the Zetas was Gregarious or something like that. I cannot remember her name. Anyway, she was a Zeta at Northwestern, and she was telling me that she went through the education track at the school there, and she said they for the for learning how to deal with special needs. People, they would often give the children peppermint while they were learning in the classroom. They thought it was candy, and it is sweet, but the peppermint <clears throat> was an implant of a memory-building tool. And so when the students were testing, they would burn cinnamon candles. And something about the spice of the peppermint and the spice of the cinnamon, the cinnamon candles would increase the test level scores for those students who who had peppermint during the learning process, and then the cinnamon during the testing process, the aroma in the air whiffed through the nose and brought back what they were learned in their memory bank from when they were learning for the testing, and it two made one, and I said, oh, I don't know all that, but I know cinnamon and peppermint are both spices, and they can, they, they have the same similar type of, of spiciness 
and and in order to construct that what you want to bring back to memory at a time that you learned to go to the present, olfactory is a big thing. So if you're going to create a place of inner sanctum, it better smell like an inner sanctum if it's the bathroom. Or should have bought a toilet if it's a bathroom. Let not the bathroom be functified like so-so deaf, but smelling peaceful. Now, number two, let's talk about the visual of an inner sanctum. You don't want things to stimulate your eyes. Earth tones, pastels, dimmed colors are always best. See, if you have an electric blue or a really bright red or a sunshine yellow or things of that nature, that's going to distract you even though you don't know it because your eyes are drawn. You ever see a, a people with a gray couch, right, and then they have a couple of red accent pillows? Those red accent pillows draw your attention to them. Have you ever looked in someone's kitchen and they have red appliances? That draws your attention there. They're there to give you a pop they call it, in the decor industry of color. You give it a pop. You give it a pop, a, 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 a doohickey. That's good if you want decor. But if you want a place of peace, an inner sanctum, a Shangri-La, you're going to have to make it so that not only it smells inviting, and, and not, it doesn't have to be anything that anybody else likes. It has to be what you like, but it also needs to be colors. And even if you like a certain palette of colors, use the scale on that palette of colors to to create uh, the visual that is not distracting to the brain. I'd also encourage you to stay away from white. As a matter of fact, ceilings, right? Ceilings are often white. But when you do a good paint job, okay, when you do a good paint job, you'll take a painter, some of the, where is that? See, it's right in there. See the color of our walls there. They'll take some of the color that you put on your walls in that room and slightly vary it the white eggshell that's on the ceiling to Blend together the ceiling and the walls. You don't believe me? Ask a professional painter. They will take some of your wall color and add it to the ceiling color in that room. And, yes, it'll look white. But in the eyes, you don't see, but your eyes can experience. It brings a warmness between the walls and ceilings and making the room feel much more peaceful. 
the visual. Now, hearing. You know why we like good music so much? The reason why we like good music so much is because someone took the time to master the sound. Someone on a board, and when the sounds of the funky drummer and the bass guitar and the keyboards and all the other horns in the room were being recorded, they are often recorded coming out of the instrument at different levels. And in order to balance each sound, a masterful learns how to set the tones and give them what they need, take things out, put things in, move things around, reset the timing so that things just Yeah. I'll never forget I can't remember what song it was Was it getting it Getting it while you're getting it good Do it while you can and you should be Getting it But it was a two, uh, two short version There was a big mistake in that song when I was a kid And I remember how it was I, I, My parents had me trained In, in music Because I've always liked music I've been a music head all of my life, because my parents put music in my life all of my life. Um, I love music, a significant part of my life, not as significant as it once was, but uh, the, the fact that people who know sounds have a good ear, if you will, um, they can make sound work. So when you're creating or you're in a sanctum, an inner sanctum, a Shangri-La, it is imperative that the sound in Shangri-La is balanced. It's from anywhere from nothing to everything and all at the same time. So the reason why a producer and singers are so good at what they do is oftentimes they're in a booth. And a booth, if you've never been in one, it's got a microphone, something like this condenser microphone that you see here, um, that has this screen on it to stop the popping of what you hear when people talk. And those sounds, they get deadened when a person's talking into a condenser thing here, and then a screen. But then the walls around them, which y'all going to see when I get my Shangri-La, I'm going to have it built for this this particular podcast too, not just an office, but also in an inner sanctum, but this podcast, so that the sounds that come from me and that you hear in that room are sounds of nature, sounds of peace, 
Okay, I'm going to take one TV timeout, everybody. Give yourself a break. We're going to come back for a 10-minute power run in two minutes. See if I can get this damn thing to work. Yes, sir. Thank you. We back. Did I lose anybody? Everybody stayed around while well, I took a TV timeout and a break for refreshment. Now, this ten minute power move is going to help somebody. Inner sanctum. Isn't the only thing. Knowing whatever you know, um, doing whatever you do, it's okay to focus on you. It is okay to take a TV timeout from everything else, everyone else, to do you. I don't know where you are in your life where you're able or if you're able to take some time out for you. But even if it's as little as five minutes, I want you to use that five minutes. That five minutes is so important. There's no one, nowhere, no how like it. There is a time and place for everything and that includes you. Your, I could keep going with all the things to set up your Shangri-La, but you get the essence by now that when you create a place, you take your time and you don't just throw something together. You, you need to think it out. How much space do you need? Do you need just enough space where you can touch the walls like that because you like to feel things close to you, or do you need an open space where you can do some yoga and stretch out and maybe uh, dance or do some exercises in? I don't know. A bar. Create your own bar because you like bars. You can have the biggest parties at your own bar with some couches um, and some big chairs, and guess what? When people come to your little place, and, and your guy, you guys are all having a great time, they can crash there because you don't want them driving home unsafe. These are my mom's famous almond bark pretzels with her own recipe. If you would like some, you can always hit me up. And um, 
We'll get you a bag or a box. She just doesn't know it yet. I see she tuned off. I'm going to get her to start making some money on this stuff because her stuff, her bacon, my mama's bacon will make you want to slap your own mom or at least a good cousin, you know, or yourself. My world expands every day. But you want to know the craziest. Even what Greg was just talking about. I don't know Greg Whitaker. He's been on the show at least two two weeks straight. I've seen him comment before. He just told me he's from Rockford. His 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 Tenth grade sweetheart wore white shoulders. He and I, we have a connection and never even met. I almost can tell you some of the things he thinks about based on his comments. I'm sure he doesn't agree with everything I agree with, and I'm sure neither do you all. But the thing of it is, is when you find and you experience people and you understand yourself better, You can learn to position yourself in and out of situations, and you can learn to start attaching yourselves to to better people. And you'll start moving people who aren't doing you any earthly good out of your way because those people are reliant on you to have their existence. And maybe even you are relying on somebody else to have your existence. It's not necessary. You need to start thinking and being on your own ten toes, relying on you and your higher power. Whatever you want to call God, you can call him. Even if you don't want to call God anything, you're God. My peace and my blessings, brothers and sisters, go unto you that in this coming 365 days, you will have created your own Shangri-La. And if you do that, you're going to find a thing called an inner sanctum, and it's not fictional either. It's a real place. I put all of the peace and blessings in the power that is bestowed upon me by my God on you, and I declare victory over everything that you want victory over, and you don't have to gloat in it because you already got it. We're going to sign off the Blog Talk, people. Thank you all for being here. It's a little while long. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.